The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. According to tonight's guest, the cure for cancer has been found. We don't need to donate for cancer research. It has always involved the way we live, eat, think, act, and handle stress. We give ourselves cancer. Not only are we discussing tonight what doctors won't tell you, or shall I say, cannot tell you, but we'll discuss Agenda 21 and population extermination, why the real goal of cap and trade is not to eliminate pollution by corporations, hospice, and euthanasia trucks, vaccinations, they maim and kill, and they have never worked to prevent disease. The empire of the city, how just one family through three cities rules the world, and those three cities are not subject to any laws of any country. Also, the government has just approved experiments to create a new type of flu that can kill millions, and much more. So if you're not a Veritas member, you may want to click on the subscribe button tonight. You don't want to miss the entire program tonight. Greetings, I'm your host, Mel Fabregas. And if you're new to the Veritas family, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, just click on the subscribe button. And don't forget to visit the Veritas store for MMS, hemp oil, pure organic sulfur, and much more. And if you want to get in touch with me, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. Today's special guest is Dr. Lorraine Day. Dr. Day reversed her severe advanced cancer by rebuilding her immune system by natural therapies so her body could heal itself. Dr. Day is an internationally acclaimed orthopedic trauma surgeon and best-selling author who has for 15 years on the faculty of the University of California, San Francisco School of Medicine as associate professor and vice chairman of the Department of Orthopedics. She was also chief orthopedic surgery at San Francisco General Hospital and is recognized worldwide as an AIDS expert. She has been invited to lecture extensively throughout the world and the U.S. and has appeared on numerous radio and television shows. Her website is drday.com, drday.com, and it's also linked at veritasradio.com. Dr. Lorraine Day joins us directly from Palm Desert, California. Hello, Dr. Day, and welcome to Veritas. How are you? Thank you so much. I'm fine. How are you doing? I am perfectly fine today, especially having somebody like you today, because, folks, please buckle up, because what you're about to hear tonight, I guarantee you, you will not hear it on the mainstream media. But first of all, for those who may not be familiar with you and your story, tell us your story first, and then we'll dive into many topics. Okay. I, uh, as you said, I was on the faculty of the University of California, San Francisco Medical School. I'm a trauma surgeon. Now that's different from an ER doctor. ER doctors take care of the uh, sort of scrapes and bruises and headaches and things like that when people come into the emergency room. But trauma doctors take care of the massive, multiply injured patients who are brought in by the paramedics. And uh, we, we bypass all of the ER doctors and, and we're the ones who take them to the operating room. And so when I was, I was in San Francisco and there are many gang wars in San Francisco. There's a lot of violence in San Francisco and ours was the only trauma hospital in the whole city. So we took care of a massive amount of trauma. 
So I was doing good things, but I was destroying my body because there are many times I have operated 72 hours straight without any sleep and without any decent food. Uh, the nurse, well, while I was scrubbed, uh, I would step away from the operating table. The nurse would bring me coffee and put a straw in it and put it behind my mask so I could continue to drink coffee to stay awake and eat sugar and things like that. So that's not good for one's body, and it's not good to go 72 hours without sleep. But even when I wasn't doing that, there was uh, for 25 years, I was on call about every third night. Many of those nights, I was operating all night after I'd worked the day before and worked the day after. So in 1993, I was diagnosed with cancer. I had a tiny, tiny lump at first, and I didn't think it was cancer, nor did the plastic surgeon who operated on me. It was about the size of... Uh, uh, half of a split pea before you cook it. And so it would just bothered me when I put my seatbelt on. So I went and had it taken off under local. Well, a week later, when the pathology report came in, the plastic surgeon, who was a friend of mine, called me and said, it's cancer. And he says, it's breast cancer. And this is way beyond my pay grade. So go to a breast cancer surgeon, which I did. At that time, I thought you could cut cancer out but you can't. So everybody who's listening, if you think you can have the cancer cut out, you cannot. Any more than you can take a child who has chicken pox and is very sick and has chicken pox marks in their skin, no parent would ever think of taking that child to a surgeon and saying, cut out all the pox marks in my child's skin so he or she will be well. Because it doesn't work that way. Uh, the sick body is what's causing the chicken pox marks in the skin, not the other way around. So every parent knows that when the child gets well and the body is well, the chicken pox marks in the skin will automatically go away. And that's the way it is with cancer. It is the sick body that's causing the cancerous tumor. It is not the cancerous tumor that's causing the sick body. So if you cut out the cancer, you still have your sick body and it will just produce a cancer someplace else in your body or in the same place where you had it taken out, or you will develop a different life-threatening disease. And doctors don't know that. Doctors work at the wrong end of cancer. They work at the wrong end of every disease because doctors don't know how to cure anything. And I can say that because I'm one of them. And I was very high up in academic medicine. And we all think we're so smart, except I will say that when I was a medical student, I realized that doctors don't cure anything. They don't cure diseases. In fact, some of my classmates had sort of an intervention on me when we were in medical school because I was going to become an orthopedic surgeon. And they came to me and they were all going to be internal medicine doctors. And they said, you know, you're going to be just working with your hands. You're wasting your brain. So you should go into internal medicine like us. And I said, you guys never get anybody well. They just coming back. They just keep coming back for more pills and more pills and more pills because the pills only treat the symptoms. They never treat the underlying cause of the disease. And so I decided to become a trauma surgeon because if you're run over by a bus or if you're shot or stabbed, or if you jump off the Golden Gate Bridge and survive, which I've taken care of a number of people who did that, you need somebody to put you back together again. But that's not a disease. That is trauma. And so trauma, we can get patients well from trauma. But doctors never get patients well from disease. So acute versus chronic. 
Well, it's not just acute versus chronic. Acute is like an infection, like uh, measles or mumps or chickenpox or something like that. Those are self-limiting diseases. Trauma is different because it's not caused by the way you live, think, act, eat, and handle stress. Diseases are caused by the way you live, think, act, eat, and handle stress. You see, diseases don't just fall from the sky, and they don't just happen, and they're not genetic. Now, your doctor would tell you, oh, well, cancer is No, it's not. Cancer is not genetic. And here's the way you know. In America, in 1900, only 3% of Americans had cancer. Now, over 50% of Americans have cancer. Well, if it was genetic, then our great-grandparents would have had to have as much as we do in order to pass it down. But they didn't. So, you see, it is not genetic. We... Uh, harm our own genes. It's not passed down. Uh, when a doctor takes a family history, they'll say, well, did you have any, you know, did your mother have cancer? Uh, well, yes. Well, did your grandmother have cancer? Well, yes. Well, then it must be genetic. No. If you live, think, act, eat, and handle stress the same way that your parents did, you'll probably get the same diseases. It's not genetic. It is totally environmental. And when I say environmental, I'm not talking about pollution and stuff like that. I'm talking about what the way we live, think, act, eat, and handle stress. And by the way, all of this is supported by the medical literature. In my books and DVDs where I show people how to get well, I have over 400 medical references from the finest peer-reviewed journals that talk about this. And I have those references in my materials. So you can see it's in the medical literature. But we doctors are never taught that in our training. We're only taught two methods of treatment. Your doctor only knows two methods of treatment. One is give you drugs, which, as I said, never address the underlying cause of your disease. They only treat symptoms. They make you feel better or your numbers look better while your disease continues to progress. As, a, as an illustration of that, if you have high blood pressure, well, the doctor will give you high blood pressure pills. But what will he say? You have to be on them for the rest of your life. Well, that tells you it's not curing your disease. If you stop the blood pressure pills, you'll still have high blood pressure. And not only that, but all of the drugs have numerous side effects. Some of them are actually lethal, and they cause other diseases for which they give you additional drugs. So that doesn't work. And Or else they'll tell you we have to cut out your organs or cut off your body parts. Well, I developed breast cancer. I knew I didn't have to be a rocket scientist to know that I didn't develop breast cancer because I had too many breasts. So cutting one or both of them off was not going to cure me. I had to find out what was causing my cancer. Well, doctors will say they don't know. Well, that's right, because they can't put it all together because they have no wisdom. Doctors can collect a lot of facts, but in order to put those facts together to reach the right conclusion, you have to have wisdom. So I developed uh, breast cancer, and I thought I could uh, reverse it by just changing my diet because I had heard that some people had done that. Well, they did, but that was 80 or 90 years ago when people were eating a lot better 80 to 90 years ago and life was not nearly so stressful as it is now. So I changed my diet to a totally vegan diet, which is the right diet because when you eat animal products, you are eating the hormones of the animal. Those promote the growth of cancer. You don't need any more hormones other than what you've got. 
Not only that, in meat, poultry, and fish, there's no water and there's no fiber. And when you eat those, it causes constipation because you need water and fiber to move things through your intestine. And so when you eat those, they take a long time to get through your intestine and they rot. They putrefy. And all of those putrefactive products are picked up by the blood supply in your colon and taken to every cell in your body and make your cells sick and prone to cancer. Plus, People are not drinking water. They're drinking caffeinated soda. They're drinking coffee. I was a big coffee drinker while, because I was up night after night after night operating. And when you drink a cup of coffee, the caffeine is a diuretic. It takes more water out of your body than comes in with the drink. And by the way, your body is 75% water. It's not 75% milk. It's not 75% Coke. It's not 75% beer. It's 75% water <laughs> and you need to replace the water you lose because you lose 10 glasses of water every day, even if you don't get out of bed. You lose it from breathing because your breath is moist, you'll fog up a mirror. You lose it from perspiration, even when it's not hot. And when it's hot, you lose even more. And you lose it when you eat meat, poultry and fish because they have no water in them, and your body has to take water from your cells to put into your stomach to make digestive juices to in order to digest meat, poultry, and fish. So you're losing 10 glasses of water every day just by living. And if you don't replace those, or if you drink coffee or beer, again, those are all diuretic and wine and liquor and all of those things, you will dehydrate your body even more. Now, your brain even has more water in it. Your brain is 85% water. And every thought you think is transmitted on a waterway. So it's not surprising that so many people are developing Alzheimer's now because they don't drink water. They eat a lot of meat, poultry, and fish. Do you realize that, that we have increased in the last uh, 100 years, we have increased our uh, meat, poultry, and fish eating by something like 50 to 75 percent because people couldn't afford it back in 1900. And if they ate meat, it was the cow in their backyard, which was graze fed, uh, grass fed, and uh, it didn't have all these hormones added to it to make it all fat and uh, puffed up before they sold it. Not only that, you see, when you eat chicken, the chickens are defeathered and then they're hung up on these uh, hooks. And they're gutted as they go along a conveyor belt. So when they are slit open and gutted by a machine, that machine gets contaminated with the feces of every single chicken along the line. So then they're all covered with feces, the chickens are, and they're so they're dro dropped into a vat to clean them off. But, you know, the people who work there, they call that vat fecal soup because the government allows... Uh, the chicken growers, to leave those chickens in there long enough to soak up 10% of their body weight. But what are they soaking up? They're soaking up feces of that chicken and all the other chickens. And people say, well, I cook my chicken well. Well, do you like your feces cooked or raw? <laughs> Certainly what about the antibiotics? <laughs> well, yeah, the antibiotics also. But, you know, and then, you know, I see people walking into the grocery store and wiping their hands off like they don't want to get any germs on them. You see, germs don't cause disease. 
Did you know that? Germs don't cause disease any more than flies cause garbage. Flies don't cause garbage. Garbage attracts flies. We are covered with germs all the time. They're on our skin. They're on the mucous membranes in our mouth, in our nose. They're in our digestive tract. In fact, if you are uh, eat vegan, vegetarian, a third of your immune system is comprised of the bacteria that are in your colon. That is your immune system. When you eat animal products, you wipe those out. When you take antibiotics, you're wiping out a third of your immune system that is in the good bacteria in your colon. People say, well, then I'll take all these uh, probiotics and all that. Why don't you just stop eating the stuff that's ruining the good bacteria in your colon, you see? And that's the best way to do it. Uh, a lot of people say, well, you know, my cholesterol is high. And so I've got to take a cholesterol lowering drug, which of course has all side effects. Some people have died from taking those drugs. The best way to lower your cholesterol is to stop eating it because there's no cholesterol in fruits, grains, and vegetables. There's only cholesterol in meat, poultry, fish, dairy products, and eggs. So if you don't eat it, it's sort of like if you've got uh, a sink and the water is running uh, over the sink and you have a mop and you just keep cleaning it up, keep cleaning up. Is that smarter or is it smarter to reach underneath and close the spigot to the water? And that's what you should do. Stop eating cholesterol and your cholesterol will not be high. So anyway, I thought I could just change my diet and I was on the right diet, a totally vegan, vegetarian diet, no processed food, no sugar. Sugar paralyzes your white blood cells and that's part of your immune system so you cannot fight disease. Uh, in um, 1850, the average American ate about 8.2 pounds of sugar a year. Now the average American eats 152 pounds of sugar a year. A weight of an entire person in sugar. Yes, yes. 152 pounds of sugar a year. So people are just destroying their immune systems by the way they're eating. So anyway, I uh, changed my diet completely and I thought that would do it. However, I was on the right diet, the diet that I still eat but my tumor kept growing because I didn't understand that there were many more things that I had to change about my life in order to get well. So I started trying all these alternatives. I refused chemotherapy. I refused radiation and I refused mastectomy again, because I knew I didn't get developed cancer because I had too many breasts. Angelina Jolie hasn't learned that yet and her breasts are gone. Uh, but that's not going to help her. It's what's inside of you that is going to form the cancer, not, not what's outside. So I started trying all sorts of alternatives. I tried 714X. I tried the Rife Generator. I tried the uh, Eat for Your Type diet. I tried uh, the uh, Macrobiotic diet. I tried uh, on, on one of my DVDs called Sorting Through the Maze of Alternative Medicine, What Works, What Doesn't, and Why, I discuss over 60 types of alternative therapies, 40 of which I tried, and they didn't work at all. My tumor kept growing and growing and growing. If you look at my website at drday.com, you will see that my tumor grew from the size when it first came back after I had the little tiny um mass removed. It first came back about the size of a marble. 
and it grew to the size of a softball in three weeks, right up on my chest. You can see it there. It's gigantic. And it was terribly painful. And I kept getting sicker and sicker, and I tried one alternative. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.